Uh, hello everyone! Welcome to YetiCon! This is our first time here, and I hope everyone is having an amazing time. <laughs> uh, hopefully you're here for the Phanthropological View of Pokemon panel, because if you're not, I'd that's like, what this is. thank you yeah. for sitting in here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the doors will be locked out. <laughs> um, we are the next cast. I am Nick T, and this is my good friend Nick G. Uh, and every week we do a podcast where we talk about a fandom and we try to dig into what makes the fandom a thing. We tr As we say, we try to get the fan's eye view of that fandom. And we thought that for YetiCon, uh, a really appropriate fandom to get into would be Pokemon. All right. Yeah. So one of the things that we do on the show, which is uh, to try to give us a kind of glimpse into the fandom, is we try to collect a bunch of different fandom facts. Uh, before we get into the discussion of what it is about the fandom that keeps people coming back. Uh, so I have a bunch of different facts about Pokemon and Pokemon fans that uh, hopefully are enlightening to people. Uh, for example, as you probably know, Pokemon is a video game media franchise that started back in 1995 by Game Freak slash Nintendo video game developer Satoshi Tajiri. Uh, the franchise obviously centers on fictional creatures called Pokemon. Uh, or pocket monsters, where humans, known as Pokemon trainers, catch and train uh, the Pokemon to battle for each other in sport. Yes, there's breeding, yes, there is love and friendship and <laughs> all of those other important things. And it is also a game where you have dog fighting and it's totally legal. <laughs> you also put in them in furry costumes and have them dance around like a bunch of idiots in front of millions of people. Yeah, and give them fantastic hairstyles. <laughs> and... Make them give other Pokemon fantastic hairstyles. And give them diabetes when you feed them too many sweet things. Yeah, exactly. No, no, Pikachu's still alive. <laughs> Beggar's belief. Yeah. Uh, it is the third best-selling video game franchise between Mario, uh, behind Mario and Tetris. It spans, and this was uh, frustrating and interesting at the same time, it spans 18 mainline games, over 60 different spin-off games, an anime series that has been running for 20 years of 11 seasons and 20 different movies, there is a lot of Pokemon. Yeah, I. Um, one of the articles I found, it just said, like, like it, it doesn't even specify that it started as a game series. It's just an entity. It's just a media franchise <laughs> that is everywhere your eyes look. Uh, I, I tried to dig into the demographics of the Pokemon fandom because I was like, is it people in their 30s? Is it, like, children? Like, who who are the people who are the most interested in in Pokemon. Uh, that is obviously hard to do unless you are a media research company, and we are not. Uh, I don't even think they can do it at this point. They can't, but I did find some <laughs> stuff that, that kind of helps to pare it down. So using some data from Club Nintendo and Media Crate from the Japanese divisions of those areas, um, the average Pokemon player is male between the ages of 19 and 24. But I did find lots of other data sources that contradict that. Uh, there's another company called InfoScout, which has information on Pokemon licensed merchandise. Uh, and they say the average Pokemon uh, purchaser are white females between the ages of 35 to 44. But also interesting in that data is that it shows that Pokemon purchasers are more likely to have kids, to have a college education, and to make over 80k US. But that wasn't the only data that I found, because somebody... Somebody had collected some information about Pokemon Go, which is entirely different, apparently. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was a Forbes article, of all things, uh, about Pokemon Go, and it suggests that the majority of players are between the ages of 18 and 29. Yes. And there's a ratio of, like, 2 to 1 female to male. Oh, really? 
So what I got from that is probably more female oriented, but who knows? Well, maybe get to weirdly sexually rub Pokemon on a digital screen with a stick. Or your finger if you don't prefer to use the stick. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about Fennekin's uh, future. Blastoise likes his like, crotch region touch. <laughs> like, then they get the weirdest expressions of happiness and... Uh, Children don't even want to know what other face. Yeah, well, they sometimes they'll make this expression like, no, don't do that. It's like, yes, do that. <laughs> don't touch my hands, but oh, you can touch my feet. I love my feet. You know? Pokemon foot it's, it's weirdness. I'm not even sure, like, even when I watched The Lion King, if I understood the thought of, um, like, oh, cousins? Lies, you know, when I watched Nala give them a you know what I mean? I just wonder how Ditto works. Oh, that is. We a, all, we all. There's probably like a whole episode that someone could do on that. Um, so to summarize, we we have no idea who Pokemon fans are. Uh, not. We have some. We have, we have lots of bits of data, <laughs> but that's usually the case on the show. Yes. Um, I tried to look into when the show is most active, or not the show, but when Pokemon was most active. And usually, the way I do that is using Google Trends. Uh, and unsurprisingly, Pokemon has always been pretty popular as long as there's been Google Trends data, with a huge spike around July 2016 for some reason. No, that's, I, I have no idea why that would yeah, be. Yeah, I have no idea. And um, then a huge decline in August 2016? Actually, no, there was still some interest. Interesting. So, um, not super surprising, Pokemon Go is released around approximately that time, and interest in Pokemon is at a relatively all-time high, and then it kind of drops off sharply into September and November of that, that year. Uh, still general trend upwards, but um, less of a... Like, it's insane. Like, you look at the chart, and it's, like, flat, and then there's a giant spike. <laughs> what do, like, Poké fans all, what, like, one big heart attack. <laughs> one of my favorite Facebook posts I've ever seen is, is someone, I think it was just a couple months ago, someone's like, does anybody remember that month when Pokemon Go came out and everyone just seemed really happy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that did happen to me. That one glorious summer before... Uh, yeah, now everyone's going to be mad about the new Pokemon. They aren't new Pokemon games. They're just old Pokemon games with a new sticker. I mean, there, I mean, there's only 18 other games, right? Like, there's, there's not, nothing <laughs> I mean, else you can do. Really, that's like eight or nine because there's two. Well, yes. Well, they just released Sun and Moon, but now they're going to release. Ultra Sun. I think, yeah, Ultra Sun and Ultra. Moon, and they're also doing. For the Nintendo Switch, they're having the Pokémon tournament, but with more Pokémon. So speaking of Pokémon tournament, when we were doing the research for the show, um, that is definitely a call to getting like an older, regardless of what we found to be the demographic of Pokémon, Pokémon tournament is definitely targeted at an older set of people who don't. <laughs> Let's want get to... esports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to fight with weird random creatures punching and I... throwing. But like in a way where I control the punches and yeah. whatnot. weird power moves. And... Um, speaking of which, in terms of changes to the fandom, uh, the largest change is probably the the age. Uh, the data that I did find from Club Nintendo and Media Crate showed the age group largely being uh, like children, preschool age to grade six, when Diamond and Pearl were released, uh, and then when Black and White were released, the demographic had kind of move towards a majority of 19 to 24 year old people. Interesting. So you can see that over time, as future generations of Pokemon are released, you get older and older fans. Probably mm -hmm. people growing up with the, the series. 
Yeah, but now it's parents forcing their children. Like, I loved Pokemon. You're going to. We're now we're now have a multi generational uh, situation. There's a monkey on fire. Hug it. It could be a punching monkey on fire, it or a punching, a punching monkey yeah, on that's fire, true. or a punching bird on fire. Is or... it a small acorn? Oh yes. I... Um, I found it interesting how um, sometimes I'll, I'll watch a cartoon and I'll, I'll wonder what it is that can make or anime and wonder what it is that can make it so popular like when I first watched Spongebob and the movie um or um even how um like po- the Pokemon could make more of an impact than say um like the cartoon Zelda series um and uh, I mean, despite being accused of uh, promoting animal abuse and being satanic and all these other things, too, right? PETA's only the people who pour blood on you. <laughs> they're not animals, they're Pokemon. Let's <laughs> assume how they get around that one. Do you see the four things that are sitting up here? Oh, you've you know, seen the new ones? Now, this demographic based off of, uh, see, the original animes where, you know, where Charter gets shot and. James gets a boo job, or is it based off like American translated version? So a lot, a lot of the data that we collected is is primarily what we can find because it's hard, and or and it has been focused around the games. But uh, that is an interesting question because you have a completely like when you have the original Japanese release, yeah. you have people who are seeing a very gender fluid kind of uh, Team Rocket, yes, and um, <laughs> all sorts of other interesting things going on that just. Do not fly on North American yeah, television. Yeah, crazy old men with guns pointing at Ash and being like, "Yeah, that's right." Yeah, I was always laughing. I was a little like, "Oh, that's so cool! They're pointing at each other." Then I, when I got older, I'm like, "Okay, they shot Charizard. What the hell?" <laughs> well, it's, it's surprising that that didn't that trend didn't continue. They're like, "Oh, I can just shoot Pokemon." <laughs> Well, I mean, it would really turn into American standard. <laughs> I mean, I mean, after a certain point, it's hard to say whether you're talking about. Fans of the TV show or fans of the because they're 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 everywhere. It's like there there are you know there are games the RPG style original games. There are lots of other games that aren't RPG style that are also Pokemon. Uh, the, yeah, like there's yeah. the adventure, the Mi- dungeon, mystery dungeon, mystery dungeon. Yeah, uh, Tro- Pokemon Snap. Yeah, Troze. Um, yeah, Picross. Yep, Puzzle League. Anything that you can put Pikachu on. Oh, Pikachu has been put on <laughs> it. Pachinko. Pachinko. The, the fan made Pokemon game. Uranium. Yeah, that was like it was made and it was put out and then it was instantly shut down by Pokemon. Yeah, uh, and all those who got to get it instantly like played it all over YouTube everywhere. There is a um, there's a group of people who have actually taken uh, RPG Maker XP, which is released uh, like 14 years ago or something like that, and uh, they've released a pack called Pokemon Essentials, which is if you ever wanted to make your own Pokemon game. You just install this, and then it gives you all the assets to give you a Nintendo DS era Pokemon game engine. So you can just make your own Pokemon game. And I'm I'm sure Nintendo is not able to shut that down because they're just tools. It's not an actual game. But uh, when I was doing some of the research, came across people talking about Pokemon Uranium and all the other fan games and how how easy it is actually to make fan games now. Mm-hmm. There there are fan games. There there's manga. There's the trading card game. Yeah. Um, there are plushies, you know, there are t-shirts. There are, uh, Nintendo's created an Aruburus of handheld games where they're making new games but also remaking all of their old games at the same time. They're, so They also are 
in, re-releasing their books. Like I remember being in grade eight or for like six or seven, and they had like the little novel books that had different parts of the anime. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're re-releasing that. I saw them in Walmart the other day. Oh yeah. So oh, what are they called? Like Animanga? They're like no, just, no. Is it is it actual little Pokemon just, novels? Just like, like little little kids chapter books. Oh okay. And they came out long when I was little, and then I was in Walmart. I'm like I remember that. I still have that. Oh my god. Yeah, but now those new ones with the garbage bag Pokemon are still questioning everything. Garbodor, the literal <laughs> garbage Pokemon. Also, it's a full form. Also, any item, creature, or thing that you see in your life could be a Pokemon. <laughs> Pretty much. Like a garbage bag, like an ice cream, like a gear. Keychain. Like a keychain, yeah. Uh, uh, a, a lay. So, I, I think this is as good as time as any to ask the question why. Yes. Like, why are people fans of Pokemon considering there are literal key, literal gear, literal <laughs> garbage Pokemon? Admittedly, now that's... just with googly eyes and a smiley face. Admittedly, that's after, after 20 years of Pokemon that we've gotten to this point. But uh, what, what is it about Pokemon that keeps there being a fandom aside from this giant media engine that Nintendo has. I mean, while there there are Pokemon of every different stripe, Garboder is not on a lot of t-shirts. Pikachu is. You know, and then, you know, Eevee and your your Gen 1 starters. But like, they're cute animals. Have you seen the internet? <laughs> like, videos are there? Exactly, like, yeah, sir. It's what? It's, Sorry. It's been when we were kids, but we've always wanted that. Now that we're adults, it's like, oh my god, they finally brought that idea. They have the technology. Now it, I work too much to actually play. It's, <laughs> it's what every single person growing up watching Pokemon wanted from the beginning exactly. of, of time, as soon as they started watching it, <laughs> is to be able to go around their own city and catch Pokemon. But then you see the paranoid people going, oh, technology is going to take over everything. There are things where people are like predicting that you'll kind of get like a contact you can put in your eye where you can almost like see Pokemon rolling around you, but with your other eye you can see the real world. <laughs> Do you have to collect 700 of them? <laughs> 700 sure contact cards? Yes. I think it's probably um, at 700. It might have, something. it's probably changed by now. I was going to say, yes, five minutes. Speaking of like cute things in a, in a like, going out and being able to explore the world and do whatever you like with that. That's kind of one of the things that draws you into the story as well. Like you in uh, Red and Blue and even in any generation since then, you start off the game as just a kid, mm -hmm. like on the verge of adulthood. And it's like, cool, there are no adults in this world. <laughs> it is, no, but like, not even like, that, that is a childhood kind of dream. You're like, sweet, no adults. I can do whatever it is that I want to do. But you come into this world and it's like, great, you need to figure everything out on your own. We're going to make sure you're not completely defenseless. We're going to give you this little monster that can kill other monsters. Um, it's probably cute. It's, uh, uh, yeah, that's a story. Panikin's a story. Yeah. And uh, it's like, we're going to just set you out in the world and it's your job to figure out what it is that you want to do in this world. Like, what is important to you? Like, how you are going to explore everything is up to you. Yeah. And it like, and who, you know, what kid doesn't relate to that? It's like a coming of age story, and one of these days Ash will come of age, but it's it's been twenty years so far. Now this is voices changed. 
Oh, they replaced. Uh, what was it? She did Amelia and Veronica Taylor. Yeah, Veronica Taylor. Yeah. They moved away from her as the voice actress. There are a lot of voice actor changes, Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> James. Um, I mean James, but then I went back and watched the original. Oh. It wasn't as good as I remember. <laughs> well, well, everything improved when when Siler replaced Block in the black and white series. Um, but that's neither Jesse's here nor there. And certainly from New York for some reason. Yeah. I mean, if you were to learn any dialect of the world, I feel like New York is probably a good one. That's true. There have been so many times on the episodes where Meowth will go and he'll be like, oh, I should talk about my backstory. But for some reason stops himself from talking about his backstory because it's normally when he's with Pikachu remembering that he's already told Pikachu his backstory at way early into the genre. But everyone I'm, else is going, but we don't know. And Pikachu forgets everything every time he goes to a new planet. I'm, uh... <laughs> Sorry, you're Going off the animes and the movies and how many there are, I think the one problem they have with having all these movies is that they forget where they are. Because I've, I've watched it since I was little. So when the first movie came out, Ash met Mewtwo. <laughs> then a couple years later, it came out with Mewtwo Returns, and he meets him again gets, and remembers who he is. And this time he doesn't erase his memories. And maybe it was two years ago now, they came out with another movie starring Mewtwo. And Mewtwo had no idea who Mewtwo was. Who are you? I'm Mewtwo. You already met like eight years ago. I mean, one, one of the problems with, with any long-running franchise is is canon. I'm not saying Pokemon has a huge problem with canon because it, it definitely is not a super complicated no. story. But uh, often when media franchises get big, it's less about like forming this continuity. And even um, anime movies often don't have a particular, don't fit into the continuity at all. I remember reading something about the Sailor Moon movies and they're like, when does this movie fall? Like, Sailor Moon R, I think, takes place with the... Second season. <laughs> Alex Okay. Yeah. With the, there's this alien from space and it's not Alan or Ale, it's uh, this other person that looks suspiciously familiar and they're like, where does this fit into the series? It's like, probably here? Yeah. Um, and with Pokemon, I imagine it's just like, yes, if you follow the show, then you know that this happened in the first or second movie. But probably as a Japanese it's, audience member, you're just, oh, Pokemon, I may, I've somehow not heard of this? Yeah. Well, the, um, and you just go out to see a new movie with your kids or something. Well, that, that reminds me of um, uh, uh, the way Doctor Who works. And, um, you know, you have the series and your arc and your seasons and everything. But the Christmas special is just kind of supposed to be watched by the casual person drunk. <laughs> They don't care what the continuity is. They just want to see the characters. Yeah. Dude, so I feel like the Pokemon movies are like that. Because, like, they're hugely successful. It's not just, like, a small group of, oh, yeah. of hardcores going to see them. We killed up 50 different people. The next season is completely different. <laughs> but uh, I think one of the other things about Pokemon fandom that's helped it endure is because right from the beginning, and I, I, when we started the research for this, I was like, why did Pokemon succeed and Digimon fail? And that is a loaded question. <laughs> because Digimon did not fail, it just didn't go in the same way that Pokemon went. Yes. Um, and one of the big, like, I, I found out lots of reasons why that was the case. But one of the things was, Pokemon from its get-go is, um, Tajiri, when he developed the game, he's like, oh, we should go. it's like kind of like a kid going out and, and catching bugs and things like that. Um, but also being a game developer, he's like, well, I want to do something that uses the link cable. So this game, from the get-go, is like, I want people to have to interact with other people. And we're not talking like Digimon with the little Tamagotchis where you'd like <laughs> jam them together and they'd, they'd fight. Play or yeah. fight or something. Um, you're talking about a game that from the get-go is like, look, I'm only going... I, in some ways, this is like the worst way to start a game because it's like the modern DLC before that ever happened. 
It worked, thankfully. It, it did work. But... It's like, we're going to give you most of the game. You can see all these Pokemon, maybe even most of these Pokemon, but you can't... You literally can't catch them all, even though that's what we've told you to do. <laughs> um, but if you want to, like, really experience the game, you need to find somebody who has the other version of the game and trade with them. And buy a link cable. Did that not... No, that came with the original Game Boy. It, didn't, it might not have come with subsequent versions. I don't think... I, I either didn't have a link cable or friends. I can't oh. remember which one. <laughs> but I, I, never, I, never, I never did any trading in Pokemon Blue and Red. So, like, before... Because Pokemon came out in 1995, and the internet was a thing then, but probably not to the degree as, like, five years later. Yeah. So that's probably the first occasion where you have, like, young kids. It's like, oh, I like a thing, and it's like, I have... To, if you're an introvert, you're like, I just want to catch this Growlithe. I don't know. I've got Pokemon Blue. I can't catch Growlithe. How do I do this? You're like, you've got to find the person with Pokemon Red, and you have to trade with them somehow. You just have to do that. I know kids are usually really good at doing that, but they're still introverted kids. That's true. Yeah. So, like, it, uh, the social interaction, the connection is built right into the game. Yeah. And that continues on in every generation. Gold and Silver continues that tradition. Um, was it the DS versions that started to introduce the global, the world uh, wonder trade? Or was it later? Later, I think. Okay. But, like, as you get into the, like, Nintendo platforms that support Wi-Fi, you're like, oh, well, now you don't need to be, you don't literally need to be this far away from each other. Yeah. Um, you, you need can, to you be, can be across the world. Yeah. Got to catch all those Pavilion. That it is Pavilion? Yeah. yeah. One with, like, yeah. 20-something different pattern variations on its wings. Yeah. Mexican herd that's like, oh, the cha cha. Halucha? No. Oh, no, the, uh, the um, one's from X. The one from Sun and Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Got pom poms. Or, or, or a choreo? Yeah. That, yeah. That sounds right. But also in the shows, it kind of gives kids an idea of, hey, get your butt out of the house. You don't necessarily go play with flaming dogs, dogs that shoot electricity. <laughs> God knows what that thing actually is. Flat nosed dog, pug thing, they, or monkeys. There's a lot of Pokemon centers, but not a lot of hospitals, considering all the <laughs> extremely dangerous like, animals. I feel, bad for I, I feel like the Pokemon Center has hospital services, though, because I feel like Ash has woken up in a Pokemon Center quite a few times. Yeah, he's also woken up in a people he's just made friends with for the past five minutes giving him hospital treatment. He's entirely too trusting, is it? It's okay, they're all kids. They'll never do anything <laughs> bad. It's the, fine. The adults seem to have been bred for their occupation. <laughs> well, every, every time they bring up Nurse Joy or um, Officer Jenny, they're like, here's a photo of my family. And, and it's, it's like, just, they're all the same, wearing the same thing. <laughs> and, then, and then they point out specific Jennies. Well, it's like, it's like, what should this uh, police officer character look like? Just make her like the other one. Doesn't matter. It's like Superman in his closet full of the same outfit, yes. right? It's not, it's not yeah, important. Give them different accents. And then, <laughs> Occasionally, not all the time. And then they, uh, you know, they put a bow on it by being by having the 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 family photo. Well, um, strangely enough, I think that's another one of the other reasons why. Pokemon is uh, has the fandom that it does because every generation they m make it familiar enough that you know what's going on. You're like, okay, fine. There's six. I get six Pokemon. I gotta go beat some gym leaders, gym trainers, island leaders, whatever they happen to be. Collect some tokens and then go fight some the big bad. The big well, I, yeah. Sorry, there's usually like Team X. Yep. And then there's yeah, there's like the elite number. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, because in the most recent one, they're like, we're going to make our own Pokemon League that's better than the others. Um, Pokemon, they're also like, hey, Ash went out to the world and look how many friends he's made. Look at the fact that he still keeps in contact with actually a decent number of them. Yeah, okay, he doesn't keep in contact with every single girlfriend he's had, or non-girlfriend, because he's Ash. Well, in, in Kanto, he gets probably half of his badges just by being a good guy. Like, it's like, am I going to beat Brock? It's like, nah, man, you're fighting me with, like, you're fighting your electric rat against my rock types. It's like, not happening. And while that is a great message, the game is do not allow you to do that. (laughs) You can't just be be really nice. Can I go to the the, uh, Celadon gym and just, like, help you with your flowers? And is that, can I? No, we have to make our little animals fight. Yeah. One of which has a plant. I'm just going to murder this plant. Yeah, they're just, they're just a character. Yeah, and they know who you are as a person. They see who you are as a person. And then I think you get a bit of dialogue when you actually go to meet them. Like, oh, hey, it's you again. Thanks for not being a complete, you know, piece of human of society. <laughs> Sun and Moon are really good for the, like, where at first the anime was like, hey, we're going to make, we have this game, Pokemon, and this is how it works, kind of. Uh, when... Sun and Moon came around, it's like, look, we're just slowly transitioning the game to be like the anime. And yes. like, it's the most anime-esque Pokemon game I've played so far. For sure. Because you're just like, like you were saying, you're, it's like, oh, there's these Team Rocket guys. And it's like, oh, they're, they're blocking me and my Mudbray. And you're like, well, you're an important character. So. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you're one of the island's leaders. Okay, that makes sense. You can keep coming back to them and talking to them getting more dialogue they, I think they eventually like certain people come and help you out throughout the story. Like, there's the one character who's your rival, but you're actually like best friends. Oh my god! How's yeah, the, the worst? The the the, the, uh, ri- the rivalry itself is kind of toned down since since the days of Gary Oak. How is like the most badges. happy-go-lucky guy? It's just like you beat him. He's like, ha ha, great job, guys. I'm gonna go over there, <laughs> and then it's like you keep beating him, and he's just like, he's it's fine, fine with it. So how are you he's supposed to dot dot so, dot? So yeah, he's standing, you're standing behind him. You don't talk. What do you do? Shove him or just like poke him? And you're like, See for for a second I thought you were gonna talk about like the difference between first gen and second gen when you know you've got red or, or blue or whoever, who's kind of a jerk. But then in Gold and Silver, the other person is like actually a bad like they're a thief, they join like the big bad organization, which I forget if it's Team Rocket or whatever. Um, but they they join that organization. They like broke into the professor's lab and steal a Pokemon. Like it's and very different. It's even more hilarious by the fact of you know you, you go and there's all these other things that are happening. But in the new games, they brought in characters that are old in the anime. Like one of the females, long blonde hair girl with the like Saya type haircut in the front. That weird music singer who's got like the white and black oh, hair um, split down the middle somehow. 
Trying to remember the characters. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. And he thinks she's super nice. And, oh, she's so great. Not the girl who has Cosmo, but the other chick who's really tall and kind of creepy looking. But she's apparently actually passed in the old anime. And she's still in the anime. It's... They're bringing her into it being like, hey, people who actually continue to watch Pokemon. There's a continuity. Wait, were you thinking about the, the shipping in, in uh, Sun and Moon? Not yet. Oh, okay. Um, I was just, just going to say, every time I start a new Pokemon game, I just reset my brain. So when sometimes old characters will appear, I'm like, who are you? Why do I, why do I care about you? It's like, oh, that's so-and-so from Sinnoh. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Get out. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you, you've actually played like all, all the gens, I think, as compared to... I haven't played Gen 4. Oh, okay. I haven't played Sinnoh. Okay. That, that's it. Okay, because when uh, I was thinking about, uh, they brought back red and blue from the first gen and yeah. the second gen, I guess. And I, I haven't beat Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon, so I don't really know the context, but you end up encountering them towards the end of the game. And people are like, well, why are red and blue even showing up? And like, maybe they're like in a relationship and red and blue, like one had to convince the other. It's like, no, we're going on a vacation. And the other guy's just like, I know you're not going to say anything. So it's like, I'm just going to take you on a vacation. To like Sunny Alola. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It like works in universe. Uh, yeah. What is that? Uh, Watsonian? That, yes, that's Watsonian. Watsonian. Yeah. Uh, um, and going off the video games, so whoever's played it, they all know that Avento's character in there, um, that the Jim Leo's very end, who we consume as Ash, because it's Pokemon and how strong he is and the shape of the shadow. Now, to, here's the anime. Do you think we'll ever get to that point? Where you see him finally succeed and say, you know what, I'm retiring, I'm going to go for my gym now. I'm going to go fight this guy on top of a mountain before I retire. <laughs> that's, how, that's how all the good shows go, right? He's not, but he might look like Ash, but in the actual anime, remember Ash's dad also kind of looks like And even though a lot of kids don't even know. And, oh, if you've seen any season, Ash's mom. I'm sorry, someone butcher the voice actors, please. Hmm. Um, Mr. Mind is better than the human. <laughs> I, I think that probably that's not something that we'll ever see because one of the things about keeping people into the fandom and bringing people in is is always like whatever generation you start with, it it could be the first. It's obviously not as as Ash has Pokemon and yeah, he's gotten Pokemon on, from yeah. previous times and but stuff like that. Every time you start a new season of the anime, you start a new generation of the game. It's like doing it for the first time. There are definitely nods to previous mm. generations, but that it it kind of helps people who have been playing along to like grow up with the game, and for people who haven't, they can play it all. Dive right like, in at the current is, one. They're like, oh, did they add this in this game, or is this new? Are these new Pokemon? I don't know. I've never seen them. They're new to me. That that happens to me every time I play a new. And I'm like, oh, is this a new Pokemon? But it's not. It's from like two. I just never found it before. Well, especially if you played with like the early Game Boy ones, where yeah. the sprite art could be radically different than the <laughs> 3D like, models of the like Blastoise. Yeah. Just like this giant, giant shape. Yeah, round thing. That's even better in the game where they're incorporating more of the older Pokemon. And yeah, they're incorporating the new guys too. But well, they don't have to they're continue the series. But they're like, hey. Here's a couple of the older Pokemon. Look at these guys. You have to write Charizard. Yeah, let's. And Tauros. And some kids are going to be like, who's this random? Oh, the freakish tail. Yeah. To kill me. When I heard about, you know, they're taking out the. Because they keep, you know, modifying the game in every iteration to make it like 
to make to get the less important stuff out of the way and just concentrate on playing. And when it was like, oh, we're not doing HMs anymore. You're just going to be able to just Pokemon ride. And I thought that meant that once you catch a Pokemon that can do that thing, you can just do that. I didn't think it would be Pokemon Uber. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> That's kind of what I was hoping It's just like, like, I want to go catch this thing. And then ride it. Yeah. But it's more like, and then and then one comes right over. That was yeah. appearing everywhere. <laughs> Has anyone else said that Ash gave up his Charizard? Ash has given up a lot of Pokemon. Butterfree. Uh, that, that's the one that the I most is fondly remember. The, the tears, yeah. It's, it's weird, because he only had Butterfree for like a little period of time. It's like, oh yeah, here you go. That was the first time I think he did it. Well, wasn't it Pikachu first? Because he's almost about, that was a good one too, Pikachu, when he was going to leave Pikachu with the other wild Pikachus. And then... Oh, it's been a while. What? <laughs> I, hope, I hope to find out how that turned out for them. I hope, the I hope they get back together. Oftentimes when we go through the fandom, there's this interesting uh, tendency for fandoms to follow. There's broadly, I guess, like two or three camps. There's curative fandoms, which are mostly oriented around, you know, let's take everything, catalog it. Let's, like, ma let's make the wikis, let's yeah. let's get the lists. Let's make know. a canon. Yes. Like, this is the canon or a canon or something like that. Oh, no, no, not, not talking about Pokemon specifically, but like oftentimes people will fall into that camp. Or you'll have people who fall into like the transformative camp where it's like, I'm going to make fan art, cosplay, um, I'm going to write fanfic, I'm going to make my own fan and like, I'm going to take the work and I don't really care about anything being particularly set in stone. I want to be part of this world, explore it, change it, etc. There's also like a third camp, which is people who just passively enjoy a thing, but they're less interesting to, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, then Oh, uh, curative, uh, which is weird when I say it, but when it in, it looks like like curative, as in like to curate things. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, people who tend to be uh, more curative are people who like to say establish things as factual. So they will. They're the kinds of people that will look at Pokemon's like, cool, I'm going to write down all these stats for these Pokemon. I'm going to document all the occasions where Pikachu showed up in an episode. As compared to people who are, or like, these are all the people, like, this is the canonical relationship between Ash and, like, female protagonist. As opposed to people who are more interested in transformative works, who will say it's like, well, I don't really care who Ash's canonical pairing is. It's like, this is the pairing that I'm interested in, or this pairing, or these pairings. Uh, yeah. They're transformative. Yeah, no, they're definitely. <laughs> and um, when we're doing the research, uh, a lot of my research focuses on, on the games and trying to figure out, well, maybe in this fandom, there's not so much a hewing one way or the other, but you kind of have the curative fans clustered around more of the competitive gaming, mm -hmm. um, focused on you know your EV training, your breeding, uh, all of that stuff. And then the transformative part, or the, more the passive fandom, is the people who are just like, I just like finding, like discovering new Pokemon and like building a relation, like petting them and playing with them or making fanfic or all the, the normal like fan activity that we normally come across. Yes. I've even seen people who write the casual fanfiction and then the more wild stuff too. Well, that, that's kind of like a, a gradient, right? In, into like, if, if there was like, less transformative and more transformative. The people um, who are writing fanfic at all are already engaged in that sort of transformative area. It's not like it's a, 
a statics scale, like you have to be in one or the other. But generally, when you talk to people about a, a fandom, you kind of get a glimpse of one of those two things. Whether your fan is talking about like, oh, did you see how in the latest Game of Thrones that like this thing that didn't happen in the books happened? Yeah. Or it's like, did you see this latest episode of something? And they're like, I really like the way that these characters are working together, but I'd really want them to go this way. <laughs> well, Simpsons has comics. Yeah, but they had their show on for how many years? Yeah, 30, 30 seasons or something. They could come out with books. Yeah. Art's still 10. <laughs> they've, Pokemon. they've lampshaded that a million times. Yes, they have. Too. Actually, they've lampshaded that in, in Pokemon, too. Uh, Ash, Ash being... No, like Team Rocket, like trying and trying and trying and never succeeding, except for that one time that they did. Oh man, that was. I think they bring that up in an episode. That was very recently. But the uh, yeah, in terms of the curative, uh, 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 with regards to the competitive side, because I think you said you said this before when we were playing Pokemon one time. It's it's multiple games in one. Yeah. The competitive game is all min maxing. And like trying to, you know, through successive generations of eugenics, uh, trying to find the absolute uh, best Pokemon and the best stats. If they have a nature, if they have the wrong nature, restart the game. So all the dittos plus. The oh yeah, exactly. And that's you know, you know, matching matching your metal. And I love that um, a factor in your Pokemon is now affection, like in the Pokemon Ami. Because all of those competitive people now have to pet their Pokemon for quite some time in order to maximize uh, their performance. But in, in the previous generation, they had they could just play mini games, which was actually yeah, I guess kind of makes sense in a way. If you're good at the game, you can, you can do it faster. I played that thing for like three hours. The, really the Voltorb flip. Oh, that one, not the. You see, in the quest to catch them all, you've got to catch Porygon, even though in the first generation types were really messed up and special defense wasn't a thing. So, you know, what was Porygon's thing? Conversion? It like changed the. Does didn't matter. Doesn't work. Didn't work. It's fine. Um, one, uh, even though Pokemon has done a lot to stay the same over the years and uh, has made some changes over time, I think one of the other things that draw people in is, especially lately, Pokemon has tried, maybe in a, like a tokenish way, but like to make Pokemon more inclusive. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Pokemon have admittedly just two genders, but that's fine. Uh, it's a start. Um, but more importantly, like in terms of representation of characters, it's not just like uh, Japanese or like white people. They're mm -hmm. like you face ace trainers and they can be like male or female. You face characters who are white, black, um, all sorts of like they're not given a race in the game, but there's at least variation in that not all people are the same. Yeah. Um, prominent characters are not just exclusively male or female. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about this. Oh yeah, gym leaders. Like even in the first generation, you've got uh, Laura Lee as a member of the Elite Four. Sabrina. Uh, Sabrina's the psychic leader. Yep. Uh, Misty is Misty. has Cerulean. Uh, but it, like you, you see that from the get go. It's not like. <laughs> Although in first generation, you you uh, did they ask if you were a boy or a girl in the first one, or is that in third gen? Second gen. Is it? 
Okay. But like they they start to get that in there. They they like try to make it inclusive. So it's like, okay, you can be whoever you want to be in Pokemon. If you're an X and Y or Sun and Moon, you can dress your character up in all of the same clothes. They're all the same. Is Sun and Moon the first that had an option to for your skin tone? Uh, no, I think X and Y also do, but the gradation is so minute. You're like, you can be white or, like, kind of pink. Or you can be, like, very dark-skinned. Yeah. It's like, that's it. I think that's one of the things they were talking about in their new game is, yeah, okay, this is kind of a stamp on the game we made not all that long ago, but we're actually going to give you, you know, more options to do hair, more options to do character, Please go for a fancy tutu. Yeah. You're lit in when it becomes pyro. And... Well, now, knowing not that much about these things, I'm going to say it anyway, it's okay. become more of a, uh, like, Second Life or Guy Online a little bit because you can buy clothes and do your hair and you can just kind of, and, like, pet your Pokemon, take them to the hairdresser. You can just kind of, like, exist in Pokemon without the the drive of the plot. But I think that's like part of the dream. In as much as you can play Pokemon as many ways as you want, you can just play it as a straight up RPG. You can play it to like learn all the moves and do all that. You can also just exist and be a part of that world. If you want to make it more realistic and try the Nuzlocke challenge and be like, I'm going to catch the first Pokemon. If a Pokemon faints, it's that's, like that, died. Yeah. Um, that's just your way of like adding yourself into the world in a more meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And that like draws you into the game because it's it makes you more of a part of it. Well, and I think that's what Pokemon's trying to do. And even a couple of games are trying to do that now. Like, you remember the old Duck Hunt game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you seen the new game that's being released? But it's not by the same company. Yeah, it's the PlayStation VR where you can shoot the ducks, but if you shoot the dog, the dog will kill you. I don't. That is amazing. I don't know if I want to play Duck Hunt in VR. Be like slightly terrifying. Yeah. And the dude just still laughs at you, and you're this little kid. You get the game. Oh man. But I can see Pokemon coming to a point where they start adding yeah, okay, you can be super great to your Pokemon, but as we've seen. Even with all the other teams in the room, not everyone is good to their Pokemon. You know, they literally had the thing in the GameCube game where you oh, turn Yeah, you put your darkness into Pokemon, making them uncharacteristic. Only to me. Making them not who they were anymore. And I can see that one day Pokemon be like, hey, you can pet Pyro, or you can smack him and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, oh, I was just going to say, because we're running out of time, I had yeah. this. This quote that I didn't want to go unmissed, but if you have something to say. Oh yeah, I was just going to say quickly, you just made me think of this. I would like to see, maybe in future, because of the way like so many people look forward to so many different aspects of Pokemon, everyone's playing it differently, that Pokemon introduces almost like a kind of Undertale thing where you do not have to fight. But you can still move through the plot. Because yeah. I feel like oh, people... Kind of like what Ash's new girlfriend does or whatever. Well, not in recent season, but the new, where you can do the... You can do the stage performance kind of 
Yes. Yes. You can. You, there's a different path to success. You know. Because the characters that aren't Ash have to have dreams that are not via Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, via Pokemon Master. Master. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, there was just uh, we mentioned uh, fan games earlier, and there's just real, this really good quote that I found when reading about Pokemon Uranium, and it, it kind of like does a, a nice job of summarizing a little bit about why people are fans of Pokemon. Um, it comes from a Kotaku article called The World of Pokemon Fan Games Has Become a Minefield, which is an interesting read if you want to <laughs> find out why Pokemon Uranium got shut down and just where that whole uh, area of game development is at. Uh, and it says, There's something about Pokemon itself that makes fan games so appealing and pervasive, both creating them and playing them. Uh, I think that it's the fact that every Pokemon adventure is different. You're always going to have a different Pokemon team, different battles, different challenges. Uh, within the framework of the game world, your story is unique. Something about that makes us want to tell each other our stories, whether through fan art, let's plays, fan fiction, role playing, or in my case, fan games. It's all part of the Pokemon experience, but it's something that transcends the official franchises of games, anime, and merchandise. Wow. That was a good quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was probably the... That was the, the signal. The which minute? Three, five, See, one? It was a fan. Oh. Oh, they... Okay. We should probably wrap up. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for, for coming by. Uh, if you want to check out this podcast... Uh, this, like literally this one we're recording right now, it will probably go up sometime this week. You can check it out at, we're putting it on fantapological.com. Um, or if you want to check out our other stuff, you can go to thenextcast.com and it links to all the things. All the things. Yeah. All the and again, thank you very much, everybody, for attending. Yeah, thank you. Should I do my cold open? <laughs> if you want to, go ahead. I feel like a moron doing it, but okay. that's never not true. Yeah. <laughs> you want to just use that once, did you? No, I actually need to do that so that the camera and this is all synchronized later. <laughs> Otherwise, well, I could have just clapped, but that's not as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have that thing already, you that's might as well. Point. So uh, we're we're recording this if it seems like we're being particularly silly, but. Yeah, sense. this is gonna, this is for gonna, this is yeah, for uh, the YouTubes. Yes, we can put it on the. Actually, we are recording it for the yeah, YouTube. We keep forgetting we have the video camera, yeah. so everything my face does will be monitored. Okay. No, I'm not gonna difficult. You're not gonna. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um.